Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. TFA fam, what is going on? Thank you for joining me for another show. Today we are going over waivers and streams all in the same video. Going to do the waivers first for running backs and receivers, and then we will do the streamers for quarterback, tight end, and defenses. All of the timestamps will be in the YouTube video, so you can jump around to the positions that you need. With that out of the way, let's start with the running back waiver ads for week So while there are a handful of ads you can make at running back this week, I don't think there's anybody that would fall into the must add or a priority add category for me. Let's kick things off with Jamichael Hasty. Hasty stepped right into a pass catching role as soon as he was active on this past game. He played 19 snaps, which accounted for 34% of the 49ers offensive plays. He had three carries, only turnovers in the one yard, but he did see six targets while Elijah Mitchell saw zero. The other key piece to notice here and to take note of is that Trey Sermon played zero offensive snaps. The only time he saw the field was for special teams. So Sermon is somebody who you can drop for the ads that you need to make this week. Second, Brandon Bolden. Not going to overreact to the stat line here, but he's definitely worth an ad in you know larger leagues and in full PPR leagues. He only saw 21 snaps, but on those snaps, he saw seven targets and two carries. The one thing to note here is that he ran the same amount of routes that Damian Harris did, but obviously Damian Harris has has not been involved in the passing game. Ramondre Stevenson was a healthy scratch, and I'm not going to consider J.J. Taylor here. Seemed like he was getting his snaps mostly in garbage time. Speaking of full PPR ads, Kenny Gainwell. The extent of Miles Sanders' injury is still unknown. We're not sure how much time he's going to miss, but it was Gainwell who saw the most opportunities in this game, saw eight targets and five carries. Boston Scott was involved, but he only had two targets and seven carries. Not going out of my way to acquire either. I'm not entirely sure that Kenny Gainwell all of a sudden steps into a, a much bigger role than what he has. And, you know, we have seen the Eagles not really utilize they're running backs up until this point anyway. So not going to go crazy here, but Gainwell and Boston Scott could be worth an ad if you are, are desperate. One of the injuries that we are sure of is Malcolm Brown. He is actually headed to IR. So with that, Savon Ahmed becomes, again, another desperation ad in larger leagues. Ahmed saw nine opportunities this past week on 22 snaps, and that's compared to 19 opportunities and 46 snaps for Gaskin. So Gaskin is clearly the lead guy here. The usage has been a little suspect and head-scratching a little bit up and down throughout the year, so maybe there's a chance that we get a Savon Ahmed type of week where he is the lead back, but I think Gaskin is going to be the guy with Savon Ahmed maybe mixing in as a, a change of pace back or maybe to take a series or two from Gaskin going forward. Just really quickly want to mention Samaj P. Ryan. Do not fall victim to this box score. Yes, he put up 75 total yards on 12 touches, but 69, nice, of those yards came on just two touches. So he's definitely the guy that we want to have behind Mixon, but that's all he is right now. He's handcuffed only. Do not go crazy on waivers 
for him this week because his raw production numbers look good. Three guys to consider adding if you have an open roster spot and you don't need it for another streamer or another waiver ad this week. You could consider grabbing and holding on to Latavius Murray. The Ravens are on a bye this week, so he's not going to be of any use to you in week eight. But Freeman and Bell did nothing to threaten his role as a 1A back. So with how weak waivers are this week for week eight, he's someone you could think about adding and holding if you don't need that spot for somebody else. Someone else who kind of falls into that same category would be Sony Michelle. He's handcuff only. He's only been seeing time whenever Daryl Henderson is either out or banged up. But that has been part of the issue with Daryl Henderson throughout his uh, career. He's sitting around that, you know, 46% roster ship on ESPN. So again, someone you could hold, but don't expect any standalone value from him. He's only going to be worth playing if Daryl Henderson is out. And the last one, Ronald Jones. This is one I'm kind of just, again, if you have that extra spot and it's not needed, I would consider adding him because of the, you know, the trade rumors that are kind of swirling around. During their week seven game, when the Buccaneers completely thumped and controlled the entire game from start to finish against Chicago, Rojo did see 10 carries, but he only played 14 snaps. So this isn't a situation where it's really split. And Rojo's not going to have any value unless Fournette gets hurt or Rojo is traded. Lastly, I am recording this prior to the Monday night football game. So we'll have to see and monitor, see what happens with the Seattle backfield. Rashad Penny is expected to be taken off of IR. Alex Collins might play. DJ Dallas got some extra run in that last game with Travis Homer kind of becoming an afterthought there. They do go on by next week, so this isn't a situation where I'm going to be running out to grab, let's say Rashad Penny comes out, and he's the one who's controlling the majority of the touches. I'm not going to go crazy for him on waivers, because then we do also have to remember that Chris Carson could be coming off of IRs at some point. But pay attention here, see how this rotation works out, and then hopefully we'll get some news about Chris Carson this following week, and then you can consider adding one of these guys if one of them takes a job and kind of runs away with it. Moving on to wide receiver ads for week eight. The news just came out that Devontae Adams has landed on the COVID list. Very unlikely to play Thursday. So if you need a, a fill-in or more of a streamer at wide receiver, I think Alan Lazard does make some sense. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling could come off of IR and be inserted into this game on Thursday. So pay attention for those two. I don't think they're long-term ads. We have beat our heads against the wall for far too long trying to figure out who the wide receiver two is. For Green Bay, it doesn't matter. Al Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Randall Cobb, too, could be some guys to just fill in for Thursday, but they're not long-term ads. Up next, the trio of Cardinals receivers, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore. Their upcoming schedule is pretty nice. You know, obviously with Kyler Murray under center, they are going to be facing Green Bay, which, which we just talked about, San Francisco, Carolina, and Seattle before their bye. Christian Kirk is the guy that I would prioritize here because he does have the largest A dot of the group. And it's not that far off from A.J. Green, actually, but Christian Kirk would be the guy I would go after first, followed by A.J. Green. And unfortunately, Rondell Moore third here because his usage is just way too up and down. Not someone we can count on where with Christian Kirk and A.J. Green, their targets have been a bit more reliable week to week. Next up, Darius Slayton. So in his first game back following his hamstring injury, and then with the injuries they have to every other receiver in that room, Slayton did lead this team with nine targets, had five catches for 63 yards. We need to see what happens with their other injuries, but the Giants do have two upcoming games that set up pretty nicely for them 
with Kansas City and Las Vegas before they have their bye. So he's definitely someone who you can look at, you know, in 10 team leagues and higher. Some stashes and dart throws for some larger leagues. Let's kick things off with Van Jefferson here. It's interesting as the Rams get Houston, Tennessee, and San Fran before they go on their bye week. The lowest snap share that Jefferson has had on the year is 58%. The targets are a bit hit and miss, but if you're in, you know, 12 team leagues and higher, I like Jefferson as an ad and as a dart throw. Russell Gage, uh, Falcons looking to be playing from behind or at the at the very worst in neutral game scripts for much of the year. Gage is someone who you could add in deeper leagues. Over their next seven games, Gage will get matchups against Carolina twice, New Orleans, Dallas, New England, Jacksonville, and Tampa. So again, that game script is going to be playing in our favor for fantasy purposes. And Russell Gage did have 67 yards and a score on six targets in this past game. Rashad Bateman, I was a little surprised to see that he was only rostered in 19% of ESPN leagues. It is going to be interesting to see what happens with Sammy Watkins whenever he is healthy because they've kind of played a similar role in terms of their ADOT and how they're used and their yards per catch and that sort of thing. But Bateman did flash his big play ability this past game, had 80 yards on just three carries, the longest of which was 35. So it's not like he had a big, you know, 60-yard catch that made up for the majority of this production. They are on bye this week, so keep that in mind whenever you're making your, your waiver runs for Wednesday and Thursday. Might not be somebody who you can just hold through his bye week, but I do think he makes some sense, again, in larger leagues. And a deep stash, and this is all coming down to the schedule because the targets in the target share haven't quite been there. But Brian Edwards, this is very much hashtag on brand for me. But after the Raiders come out of their bye, they get the Giants, Kansas City, Cincy, Dallas, Washington, and then KC again. So a, a really nice stretch of matchups here for the Raiders and Brian Edwards. And then we really have to pay attention to Darren Waller and what happens with him. Like I said, the, the targets and target share have not been there. So Brian Edwards is going to have to do it with either efficiency or big playability. But the big play is what we're looking for whenever, you know, these are kind of thinner plays here. Edwards has an A dot of 15.9, which actually ranks sixth highest among wide receivers with at least 25 targets. So... Again, not someone who you're going to have to pick up now, but if you have the extra bench space, if you're in deeper leagues, you can look to stash Brian Edwards and hopefully his role can grow coming out of the bye week. Yeah. Streamers and quarterback ads for week eight. Going to kick things off here with none other than Danny Dimes. It's not always going to be pretty with him, but he does have at least 16 fantasy points and four of his seven starts. Again, Kansas City and the Raiders on deck, so completely fine as a streaming option. And things could start looking up if their wide receiver core starts to get a little bit healthier. And then whenever Saquon Barkley gets back into the fold, that's obviously going to be a big boost for them as well. Next on the list is going to be Kirk Cousins. One of the things we need with Cousins to feel comfortable, you know, as far as plugging him into our starting lineups for fantasy purposes, is negative game scripts because obviously Mike Zimmer wants to just hand the ball off 38 times a game. But that's what we're looking at here. They have a home matchup against Dallas. And even beyond that, they have games with Baltimore, the Chargers, and Green Bay over their next three after that. So Cousins has quietly put up 22 fantasy points in four of his six starts this year. So you can feel comfortable firing him up. Up next, Carson Wentz. There's a nice three-week stretch here coming up with Tennessee, the Jets, and Jacksonville before they face Buffalo. He might not have the highest ceiling, but Wentz is quietly putting together you know, a pretty solid fantasy season. He only has one game on the year under 17 fantasy points. 
in two games without multiple passing touchdowns. And speaking of lower ceilings, Teddy Two Gloves, he becomes a little easier to stomach as a streamer going forward here with Jerry Judy expected to return this week to obviously help out that offense. Despite his recent downturn in his production, he still has 18 points or more in four of his seven starts and now gets matchups with Washington and Dallas over the next two weeks. Kicking over to tight end. I'm going to continue the Giants love here for week eight. Evan Ingram going to lead things off for us here. Roster in only 23% of leagues. Ingram does have 13 targets over the past two weeks. And again, the matchups, KC and Las Vegas are upcoming. And both of those defense currently rank in the top seven in terms of half PPR points per game given up to the position. If you need a deep one, a guy who isn't widely rostered, let's take a look at Pat Fryermuth with Juju on IR. Patty Fry saw his highest uh, snap count, highest snap share week six against Seattle, along with by far the most targets he's seen on the year as well. And caught all seven of his targets for 58 yards. So if you need a deeper option, I think Patty Fry makes some sense. Mm-hmm. Wrap things up with the defensive streamers. And we're going to kick it off with the Cincinnati Bengals as the stream of the week at defense. They get a nice little play date with the Mike White-led New York Jets coming up in week eight. The Bengals have quietly allowed the fifth fewest points to opposing offenses on the season. They're tied for the third fewest yards per play as well. And while they haven't had the most difficult schedule by any means, they have played solid offenses like the Vikings, Steelers, Packers, and Ravens. So they haven't had a complete cakewalk. So their numbers do look a little bit better whenever we talk about those teams. They aren't ranking highly in terms of the fantasy points that they've produced for DSTs. That's because they aren't producing uh, a bunch of turnovers. They do, however, rank highly in sacks, and they actually are tied for the fifth most on this season. And then if we look at the Jets, just looking at Zach Wilson, obviously he's not going to be playing this week, but Zach Wilson was sacked the fifth most times on the year, and that's considering the Jets have already had their bye week and with Zach Wilson exiting this last game early. So the Jets have the second worst adjusted sack rate per football outsider's so the Bengals are a safe option here. Lastly, another t- uh, another defense that's widely available, the Chargers at home get New England. The Chargers do have the fifth highest pressure rate on the season so far. They just don't have the sacks to show for it. Middle of the pack in terms of turnovers, but the Pats do have the 13th worst adjusted sack rate. They rank 19th in PFF's pass blocking grade, and Mac Jones has seen the 16th most pressure dropbacks. Just to add on to that, Jones has been sacked in every game this year, including multiple times in four of those seven games. And he has at least one turnover in four of seven games as well. So if the Bengals aren't available, the Chargers are definitely available. All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up for the Week 8 Waivers and Streaming Show. Please be sure to hit that subscribe and like button if you have yet to do so. If you're checking us out on podcast, please leave a rate and review. Any questions, drop them in the YouTube channel or you can join the Discord. Links will be in the pod and YouTube descriptions right below. And we do have an ongoing partnership with Thrive Fantasy. If you were unaware of what they are, unsure how to play, think DraftKings, think FanDuel. But instead of using salaries to build your lineup, you're just doing it with props. So the way these contests work, they're most popular one anyway. You're going to have 20 props to choose from and you're going to pick 10 overs and unders. That's it. It's super simple the way this works. And the nice thing about it too is you're only dealing with the players who have the biggest impact 
on the field. So you don't have to go out and worry about, you know, playing Deontay Harris's and is this the Deshaun Jackson week or anything like that. Only the ones who are going to have the biggest impact, the names that we all know. If you score the most points, you get in the money. You can check them out on your app store or at thrivefantasy.com. We have a link for that as well. If you just go and download them without our link, you can use code TFA for a dollar-for-dollar deposit match, 100% completely free bonus on first-time deposits up to $100. So if you jump in, please let me know. I've been playing a bunch over there. I've been really enjoying it. You know, any questions or anything like that, hit me up on Twitter at FF or jump in the Discord, and we are always over there answering your questions as well. Good luck this week, and I'll talk to you all soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.